Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we will be discussing Pixar's Coco. Before we do that, does anybody have anything else they'd like to talk about? I feel like Disney's going to be offended. It's a Disney Pixar. That was very intentional. Oh. Ooh. oh, more on that later. Burn. shade out there. So I watched right. Lego Batman movie this week. Hey, what do you guys think of the Lego Batman movie? I loved it. it. God awful, one of the I worst movies was... I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was pretty meh. Okay, cool. I wanted to leave and walk out of the theater bad. Um, I don't really get the I don't really get the hate towards it. I thought it was really good. Um, it was an excuse for me to hear more of Will Arnett being Batman, which I thought was great. I thought the satirical take on the relationship between Joker and Batman was great. Uh, the stuff about Batman being all broody and lonesome wasn't as strong for me, but overall I still thought it was a funny movie and very self-referential, which was great. Um, I also went to a concert on Friday. I saw Beachlang perform. You can check my Twitter account for all the various videos and photos I posted about them. They're the best. Please go check out Beachlang. Um, the openers were also great too. See through dresses and Dave Howes, um, or Dave Howes. Yeah. It rhymes with pause and cause. Um, so check them out as well, but Beachling just tore it up. They were incredible. So much energy. Um, and then, yeah, I listened to Julian Baker's major label debut album, which was actually her second album, turn out the lights. Um, I talked about her first album for a bit last time, uh, Sprained Ankle, which was far more stripped down. This one's way more almost worshipful. It's way more almost hymnal. Um, and they all sound like churchy songs, even though they're not overtly religious. And there's just a lot of ethereal atmospheric sounds, and it's very emotive, and it's a great album. So I'm excited to be seeing her this weekend in St. Louis. Um, I guess I can go next. Uh, I started playing Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Got four or five hours in. Um, it's really disappointing, unfortunately. Like, I really enjoyed, uh, the new Order, the reboot, but the new Colossus, uh, was just around the board. It feels like the exact same game, but with less... It's just less fun to play. Uh, the weapons all feel exactly the same, especially when you're dual wielding, so it's just, why bother having that as an option? Um, the checkpoint system in it is absolute trash. Like, I, I, at one point I got knocked down by a mini-boss and got through a checkpoint there. So I basically would die and then <laughs> respawn with this boss just looking down at me. It's like, okay, that... That's fair, I guess. So I had to restart that whole level, which was obnoxious. And stuff like that. At least you didn't have to start the game over. Yeah, but I had to do that multiple times. Not restart the level, but mm -hmm. I had to deal with multiple bad spawn points that like, I just had to work my butt off to not die from. And it's just, it was stupid. Um, uh, the story is also pretty, pretty awful. Like... There's, you get some glimpses into B.J. Blaskowitz, that's the uh, the main guy. You get some backstory on him and his parents, and it could have been really cool, but the way it ends is just terrible. Um, 
and then the last the last little bit when the last little bit I'll say is there's an injury that uh, BJ suffers throughout the game that is so ridiculously grave that when he comes back for it, I just put my controller down. I was like, nope, I'm I'm good. This is this is just stupid. I don't want to play this anymore. Um, so his name's BJ. Uh, it's like William J. Blaskowitz, but they call him BJ. There's a store I drove past one called Dickie Bubs. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I also, game-wise, once I put that down and realized it was not worth playing, I, I jumped back into Horizon Zero Dawn with the Frozen Wildlands, um, the DLC they had for that. And it's pretty fun. It's just, it's more of the same, but it's another reason to jump back into what might be one of my, or is one of my favorite games this year. It's it's so much fun. Um, it introduces... I mean, they're not going to reinvent the game with DLC. It, exactly. So, but it's like, it's got new weapons, it's got a new place to explore. Uh, the first new enemy type I ran into was awesome. I can't wait to see more. I'm only like two hours in, so I know it's got more to do. Um, but it's just, it's super fun. Uh, and I'm really happy to be playing a really good game like that again. Uh, and then on the TV side of things, well, I started up the, I watched the first three episodes, because uh, Lauren was the one who reminded me it was out, Marvel's Runaways, which is, apparently it's in the MCU, which is really cool, so it's the, it's in line with the Marvel movies. Like, I googled it, and I'm like, that's weird, I figured it would have been like the X-Men verse, but it's the MCU. Uh, but the, so Runaways has a great cast, both the parents, um, and the kids, the kids who are the main characters, and it looks like they're going to find out their parents are evil, so they become Runaways, ooh, title there. It, it opens up a lot of mystery that I'm really excited to, like, just see where it goes, uh, just like Horizon, I'm like, I want to know more. It's also the first, like, show or movie in the MCU where it's like, I know all of these characters and what their deal is. I don't know anything about any of these people, so I'm really excited to go in knowing nothing, going all Jon Snow and just learning along with everybody else. Uh, you would recognize them if you are a Brian K. Vaughn fan. That's about it, probably. Oh, and that's the guy who did... Um... He did um, Saga and oh, Why the Last Man. Well, didn't he also do... Um... Paper Girls. Paper Girls, I heard, is good, too. Um, it is one of our images. Like, I, I didn't know the characters at all. I still don't really. I'm looking forward to learning about them. But I, I did a bit of, like, I looked up... It's apparently... It was a it was a short-run comic that got cancelled. Yeah, there are only, like, two volumes, I think. But, well, people got really pissed about it, like, and they complained to Marvel until they brought it back. So it's been going on for a few more years, I think. I don't know if it's still going, but it... it it got enough. I don't think I ever see anything about it. Well, I mean, I don't think it's anything new. I think I like I I just did a brief like Wikipedia look through of the comic itself, not the synopsis. I didn't know anything story wise. Just like the the book itself. Um, and then there's also I don't really want to say too much about it, but there is a quote unquote special experiment in Runaways that made me positively giddy. And I texted Lauren, why is this here? And Lauren responded with, why isn't it here? Or why aren't there more of them? And I'm just so excited. Uh, that'll be awesome. It looks like there are four volumes of Runaways. It was brought back for one volume in 2015. Okay. 
But was that like the conclusion of it, or? Well, I'd assume so if it stopped three year or two years ago. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I am very excited to see the next episode. I think it's they released the first three episodes all together, and now they're doing every Tuesday. I want to say so. Uh, just really looking forward to more of that. I think that's all I've got for this week. Okay, well, I'll bring it back to video <coughs> games and say that I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. I am enjoying it. I'm seriously like 55 hours into this game, and I haven't finished the main campaign because the world is so huge, and just filling out the map, there's so many like side quests along the way that... like. You are like, there's a reason I'm this far into the game, and luckily it's not boring. But, oh man, like, seriously, I looked at the map the other day just to be like, I have to have it like all filled out like last night, and there's seriously like maybe 50%. It's like, my god, so I don't know how big the world actually is. But basically, the story you play, um, Bayek, he's a Medjai, and uh, so it's just like an Egyptian guardian kind of person, like early fights for the people type person. Weren't those the dudes but, uh, in the in the mummy? Honestly, I The Brendan Fraser me. mummy. I think those were like, they were sworn to protect Emotep's tomb or whatever. Sir. I can't remember. Sir. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know what they're called. Um, <laughs> which, P.S., I do love those movies. They're so, they're so stupid, but so good. <laughs> but um, it's basically a revenge story, and Cleopatra's in there too, so it tries to mesh in history, but like my biggest complaint about this, which is what I taught is one of the things I said I loved so much about the series when we did our top 10 games was how like you can learn about the world and just the culture and everything. It's This is the perfect game for that. Like I love mythology, but my mind is horrible and doesn't remember anything. So I really wanted to read all this stuff about Egyptian mythology and like just the history of that time and all that. And they actually like took that out of the game. So I'm kind of bummed about that. And, but I mean, gameplay wise, I'm pretty, I am enjoying it. It did take a while to get used to the combat because they definitely changed the combat up. Because if I'm remembering correctly from the, the la I'm assuming it was the last game too, but definitely earlier in the series, you were just, you used the buttons for attacks and countering and all that stuff. But this time you use the triggers. So it definitely took a bit of getting used to, but it, it is still fun. And my biggest complaints other than the history thing is that they're still trying to force ship battles on us, which they can stop doing because it doesn't help the story at all in this case. Because they did that in, what, Assassin's Creed 3? It was 4, I think. Oh, no, Black Flag. Four, 4 was all ship battles. I think 3 had them as... Oh, was it in 3, too? So I think 3 was, like, part of it, and it was people were like, oh, this game is great, aside from the ship battles. Oh, okay. And then 4 well, was kind all of, I mean, the ship <laughs> battles are fine, but there's no reason for it. I think they liked them in 4. Whatever they did in 4 was different. I'm not sure how, but... Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that was an Assassin's Creed game. It was a pirate game. but um, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. Assassins. <laughs> it was a good pirate game, but... Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and like the other thing. The ship battles, and they're forced us to play as his wife, which is really stupid, because you're playing the whole game as this character and attaching to him and his wife is part of the story, but to switch over to her character for no reason, especially when Bayek is in the scenes with you and running around with you just makes absolutely no sense. It takes away half, like one of the main like features of the game that helps you get through it, which is um, going into the eyes of your hawk. 
to scope out scenes, which makes no sense, but it's very helpful. So I'll well, accept. Are her that. missions like different? Are you supposed? Is she helping no, well, assassinate? One of her or? one of her missions is the ship battle. There's like two of those you do. Uh, so one of them is the ship battle, which you don't need. So cut her out. And the <laughs> other one is just another. It's part of the main story, but like I said, Bayek's running around with you, so there's no point to being her. Hmm. But yeah, hopefully I'm going to finish it. I've said that like numerous days this past week. Every night I go in and next thing you know, six hours are gone and I haven't come close to finishing the game. So who knows when that's going to happen. <laughs> but I definitely recommend it. Complaints and all. Um, are you recording now? Yeah, I am. Okay. Do you want to ask me what I watched again? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach, what you watch lately? <laughs> John, where did you come from? Oh, man, that's going to sound super awkward with just Lauren doing it. Yeah, because none of us ever actually... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I watched Alias Grace. It's a new Netflix miniseries. It was written by Sarah Polly. And directed by Mary Heron and stars, I pulled this up, uh, this girl, Sarah Gaddon, um, and she has been accused of um, murder, and it, uh, she's, the, the premise is she's being interviewed by a, or she has been convicted of murder, I guess, or an accomplice to murder, and um, She's being interviewed by a psychologist. It takes place in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, I believe. Um, it's based off a true story. This um, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah, um, and written by Margaret Atwood, who did the Handmaiden's Tale book as well. So it's a you know definitely um, look how horrible the world is for women was and still is kind of angle to the show. And uh, she's telling the story to this psychologist who's assessing whether he'll support this uh, group. He's a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist <laughs> who's trying to get um, her pardoned for this crime. And it goes back and she tells her whole history. And you meet a couple characters. It actually doesn't go into all of her history because I'm pretty sure she was accused of murdering two maybe i don't know i was a little confused about that but regardless she is excellent in it and it was a very uh engaging six episode watch and for sake of spoilers i'm not going to get into it um but sarah gaddon uh in the last episode really gets to show off her um skills as an actress and oh, i thought you were gonna say as a murderer <laughs> And they do a good job of kind of bringing everything together, but it, um, yeah, I, I quite liked it, and it's well worth your time if you're into that kind of period crime-ish stuff. Um, the guy Edward Holcroft, who plays the Doctor, he was in, he's the he's the bad guy in those two Kingsman movies who got hotter when he shaved his head. Um, oh yeah. He he's fine in it. I think he's a little. I love that. that little... That's how we identify him. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the hair sitch in this? He's back to to long. Oh, it looks man, like kind of. It kind of looks like a wig too. I Do don't not know. want. Um, uh, but he's kind of stiff 
in this, I would say, but I think he's supposed to also be, you know, he's supposed to be kind of the audience surrogate, more or less, who's hearing this story from this um, woman. Um, Zachary Levi pops in, and he's actually pretty good a few times. I was gonna say he's the main reason I heard about it because I saw him tweeting about it one day. Yeah, he's only so in I'll like a, he's only in like a scene per episode, but he's um. Well, that's more than he got in Thor. <laughs> but he's good. And Anna Paquin is the other big notable name. Um, she plays one of the women, or one of the the two people are murdered, and she's one of the two people that gets killed. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really interesting, darker look at you know female oppression and the the life of the working class. Uh, not through the Downton Abbey lens. And, uh, yeah, it, it was good. I liked it. Um, I also saw the first season of um, Toast of London, which is a comedy BBC miniseries that Netflix has on their um, site. There's three seasons. I uh, It's created by Matt Berry. He's also the star it is an extremely silly and absurd show, and it makes me laugh endlessly as I watch it. Um, this, the main guy, Stephen Toast, is a actor of 20-something years, and I, I can't even begin to describe the episode. But Netflix, the Twitter, the reason I found it actually was Netflix, the Twitter feed for Netflix actually said this is probably the least watched show that should have a much higher audience on their whole catalog um and they compared it to 30 rock and the british office uh as the touchstones for what you might who who might like this show and i think that's a fair enough um entry level it's got the it's much more absurd than the office but it's that deadpan kind of humor of uh ricky gervais and the 30 Rock element comes with the more zanier, weird sides of uh, the entertainment industry in, entertainment industry that he navigates. But um, yeah, Toast of London, I am laughing a lot and can't wait to um, watch the last 12 episodes or so over the next couple weeks. And sticking with Netflix, I also watched the first couple episodes of Godless, another mini six episode miniseries um i didn't realize actually, I think it's came out today or came out i already. think it's uh seven actually um and it uh is a western and it kind of sold the show as like oh these town full of women are gonna fight back against the people coming after them or something and i haven't gotten to that yet but the town full of women isn't quite a town full of women uh, all the men, men in the ruining everything. yeah, uh, most of the men in the town have did die in a mining accident, or so we've been told. Um, we haven't seen that play out yet, but um, so there's there that's one element. There's this other. Um, there's this uh, lady Mary from Downton Abbey, uh, Michelle Dockery. She is lives outside of town, and they think she's like cursed the town because of some stuff that happened with her family. She shoots a drifter and brings him back to health. Uh, there's also Scoot McNary plays um, 
the sheriff of the town and all the women thinks he's a coward. And then Jeff Daniels is some outlaw gang leader who's running around with 30 people um, terrorizing and stealing from all the mines in the area. And all these disparate pieces are pretty much sewn together by the end of the first episode. And I think it does a real good job of setting all that up. And there's a lot of great actors that are compelling. And we just, the second episode actually does a download on a bunch of the more side characters as well. And I'm really into it. And I can't, again, uh, between that and Toast of London, I've got plenty to watch for the next couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, I think that does it for me. I then saw Coco, which we're going to talk about now. Um, I'll start us off. Uh, it, like I said in the opening, it is Pixar's latest film, their second this year after Cars 3. It's um, Everybody knows I'm a shill for Pixar, I think, but I, again, quite adored this movie um i think the first and last half hours of the film are pretty much perfect but the middle part was by no means bad but it felt a very uh, it's all set up and like hey let's go through this crazy world kind uh, i don't know it didn't have the emotional resonance that the i thought the beginning had at building this family up and the 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 ending at pulling all the emotional heartstrings together um i cried a couple times it is i think it's objectively the most gorgeous animated movie ever to be made like i don't think it's even close i can't think of another movie that looks anywhere near as good as this spirited um, away th- and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, those are two different mediums. I was going to say definitely for 3D. Um but um it it it's just incredible to look at and Lee Unkrich does some amazing directorial stuff as well. The camera actually does some really interesting things. Uh they even go like handheld a couple times, which I just you don't see that in animated movies unless it's like oh we're riding on the back of an animal running um but it it was really inventive on the filmmaking side and while it might be you know a somewhat follow us somewhat similar the pixar story path um i think its connection to humanity and family is actually about as strong as anything they've ever done and um yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it, but that's no surprise coming from me. Yeah, I lost track of how many times I cried, and I was like, "Thank God this tear is coming down from my left eye because Kyle can't see." It. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold it together, Lord. Oh God. It was. I loved it. Like, I mean, the emotional resonance. Like, ah, oh, I don't. I feel like I've been really weird lately about things like i'm crying at commercials i'm crying at supergirl <laughs> episode that i hated but i still cried somehow so like, so maybe that has started to do with it no i'm not pregnant but okay. um i was gonna ask yeah no heather can keep that to herself for now <laughs> but um 
Heather, my sister, for anyone who doesn't know. But, so everyone. But, um, like, uh, it was just so pretty. And I I enjoyed the story. And there is definitely stuff that you, like, that does follow the pattern that we've seen in a lot of their movies before. But at the same time, I was surprised by things. So I yeah. really, I still really appreciated the story and the family aspect and all that. And, uh, and plus, it's just, it's a cool look at um, a culture like a cultural culturally significant thing and like just festival and mm-hmm. holiday whatever you want to call it that i kind of know a little about from spanish class but i <laughs> didn't know a lot and I, honestly i don't know how much of this is true to it like with the whole uh spirit guides mm-hmm. and things like that i don't know if that's a part of it but it was just like i was just really impressed with what they made out of um something like that i don't i'm not explaining this well yeah. at all but i just really no, I know liked what you it. mean and and, and the, the other thing about that middle chunk is it, it all it's all setting up stuff that makes the ending work so much better you know like it it, it lays all the groundwork yeah. for the emotional payoff it like you ha- they had to do it to make the ending work as well yeah. as it does um but it just it felt a little more perfunctory than some of their stuff kind of yeah. usually does but um also, the music, there's a very musical element to the movie. Um, and the songs, the few original like songs that are played, as well as the score by Michael Giacano, are both quite excellent as well. My, my biggest complaint was about the movie is actually not about the movie. It's like, I didn't realize going in I was seeing a double feature. <laughs> it's like that Frozen short film was not a short film. It's like this movie, thank goodness I saw it earlier in the day than I was originally thinking about doing it because I would not have been here for the podcast. <laughs> ben, John. Did we lose them? I'm here. John, go ahead. Um, Let me talk about that pixar or that frozen short real quick i actually thought that frozen short was pretty su- how are you saying frozen frozen excuse me um that frozen <laughs> frozen short. short you know the frozen short <laughs> that frozen short um he ben was playing wolfenstein right he talked about that um yeah <laughs> i think uh i think that frozen short was actually pretty subversive because it actually kind of broke down this idea that we talk about um, we talk about how much we care about tradition and how how much tradition kind of makes us feel warm and happy and gives us this sense of belonging and home or whatever. And we have we go through this cycle as a society, at least in Western society, every year where around Thanksgiving ish time we start to feel nostalgic and we start to feel like, okay, holiday season's almost here, blah blah blah. And they kind of just like spat in the face of that. And they, I mean, they broke it down in a very elegant, respectful way, but they were kind of just like, the thing that makes this season important is the fact that it's about family, which was also a theme that they talked about in a, or at least family was a theme in Coco, which we'll get to. Um, Wait, then how did they spit in the face of that? Everyone was doing stuff with their family. Because, because they said that it doesn't matter when this happens then. As long as we're together, then, like, we, then the, this is the season. Like, I think that was even, like, a lyric in the song at some point. That Well, who cares what time of year it is? Exactly. And I thought that was really, I thought that was really subversive. And I, I really oh, appreciate Oh, I thought you were, like, upset that no, they no. were being disrespectful to, like, Christmas time. Oh, no, no. Oh, not at all. I, <laughs> I thought that was cool, actually. Because I think okay. you would expect a company like John's Disney. John's a big proponent of the war on Christmas. He is not a fan. <laughs> 
This Santa uh, guy, he needs to go. Um, what is it? Uh, yes, as the maybe only moderately religious person here, I am a huge proponent of the war on Christmas. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I thought that was super subversive, and I was impressed that uh, companies such as Disney, which you would expect to do something really kind of maybe safe about that kind of topic, they really just took it on, and I thought that was cool. At the same time, fuck this short. God damn it. Why was this even necessary? Like, I didn't need this at all. Like, ugh. There was some good music, some okay animation, like nothing nothing really. Oh, why was this here? Why was this part of it? Ugh, I'm upset. Anyways, Pixar always has shorts before their movies. Yeah, but like that wasn't a that was a Disney it's short. It's not a though. short. Yeah, but yeah. that was so like Disney was probably like, "Yo, let us do a short for you." And Pixar was like, "Okay." Speaking of Disney, are you going to tell us why you're upset with Disney, Zach? Oh, uh, I'm not upset. With- <laughs> I just, it's a pick. I mean, all Disney's does was distribute the movies. They have nothing oh, okay, to do gotcha. with the making but the, of it. Yeah, there's, but there's specific Disney Pixar films. Like Moana was a Disney Pixar film, right? No, no. Oh, was Pixar it, did not make. Oh, Moana. was Moana just a Disney animation film? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I see what you're saying. All right. Um. Anyways, um. Coco. Onto Coco. The real movie. Loved it. I thought it was great. Um. Cried as well. I loved the anim like the animation especially, um, for Coco herself. Like, I can't. Oh, Coco. I can't wait till we get to. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to a moment in video game development where we have graphics that defined and that detailed and that realistic almost um, that aren't in just cutscenes. Because that's one of the things I hate. Like, there are some really fantastic graphics in uh, the modern engines right now, but I hate that feeling where, like, the hair looks very, like... It looks very defined, but at the same time, it's kind of rigid in the way that it flows, and it doesn't look real in that sense, or, like, the skin tone and the texture, but everything about this film just, like... You should check out the bonus features for The Incredibles, when they... Because, like, a big thing in that was animating the hair for the teenage daughter. Oh, really? There's some pretty... Yeah, there's some pretty funny images from that. Okay, I'll have to check that. <laughs> I love The Incredibles, by the way. Um, But, yeah, in terms of this film, I thought... This was this was an amazing film for a variety of reasons, aside from the usual kind of Pixar reasons for why they do amazing films. Um, I thought doing a film centered around Latin American or Mexican or Hispanic culture and highlighting the themes of family and talking about themes such as death, which are universal across any culture... Um, and family traditions and family values and family roles. I thought this was this film talked about so much, but putting it within the context of uh, a Mexican protagonist and a Mexican culture and location and setting was so important. Yeah. And I think even the way in which the aesthetic matched that too, this film was just a huge love letter to that culture. And it's so needed right now. And I really appreciated that. Um. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think this is the first Pixar movie that doesn't center around a white person or animal, but like <laughs> as the lead. Um, no, Toy Story centered around toys. 
Okay, but as a person in the lead, I think it's so, the first time it's not a white So person. ironically enough, I guess – well, I guess this isn't ironic. This makes sense. The first, like, three or four Pixar movies had to do with either toys, animals, bugs, or mythical creatures. And so <laughs> um, The Incredibles was actually the first movie to feature humans. Kind of well, yeah. I humans, think cars. Like, I think cars. I think Incredibles, Inside Out, and Brave are the only other movies with human protagonists. And maybe, maybe that's why I got confused with this being almost like a Disney animation film too. Um, but yeah, I I really liked it. I guess. Yeah. No. I yeah. This movie was amazing. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll, I'll finish the impressions. Um, I gotta say, I actually really, 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 really liked the Frozen show. Go die in a fire. You're an idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> I, you make me so mad. I, I honestly enjoyed that short more than the entirety of Frozen. I did okay. not care for Frozen. Whatsoever. I am triggered I really, right now. <laughs> I just, I didn't care for that movie. It was the most meh movie I'd seen that year. Um, Suddenly feel the urge to pull up a list of movies from that year. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I hey, hey part- Ben, what was that one movie that you really liked again? That you saw again recently? Power Rangers! <laughs> You're Yay! an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, oh, I'm just getting started. I'm going to go ahead and say I thought Coco was okay. I didn't love it. Um... Heavy sigh. I know. Uh, <laughs> I went into this being like, "Oh boy, it's a Pixar movie. They make nothing but great films." And I was uh, just cars. and cars. Yes, and cars. Wait, wait. I... Zach probably likes cars, doesn't he? Oh no, he does. Okay. <laughs> and I, I actually thought the Good Dinosaur. Just to give you like an idea, I thought the Good Dinosaur was actually pretty great. And I know does that... he count as a white kid? Yes, he's green. Um, well, there's a white sure kid. Sounds in it. white. Isn't there? A kid? I haven't there's, seen. The there's movie, a white so. kid in it. Yeah. The little, oh, there is a white kid. The in little it. caveman. Yeah. Um, good oh, dinosaur is oh. this Pixar's worst movie. I strongly like, disagree uh, like, because like I've according seen to cars. like according to ratings or according to your scale. According to Zach Oldenburg, Pixar okay. aficionado. According to the guy who thinks the Star Wars prequels are great. Ugh. We give your film ratings about as much respect as Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> okay, now hold hold on. Before I before you guys, you know, tell me to go die in a, a fire again. The reason I thought it was okay is because I expect a lot from Pixar in general, and I, I just hate Mexicans. Yes, I hate Mexicans. <laughs> um, no. Uh... Hashtag Make America Great Again. Hashtag Build That Wall. <laughs> The best part of Coco was when they built the wall. We all know it. Okay. um... Hashtag needs more wall. (laughs) We just need to get a sound clip of that for the intro music that we're never going to have. What hashtag? Hey, I'm on it. I promise I'm on it. I've got many files. Okay. Anyway. um, I think the reason I was not totally in love with it is because I could see everything coming from a mile away. Like, there was no <gasps> moment for me at all. Uh, I only cried once, and it was only a little bit. Um, <laughs> counts. And that's, that counts. and I mean, like, the last, and again, the last Pixar movie I remember watching uh, was Inside Out. 
And that movie. But when you say you cried, do you mean that you cried for like 30 minutes? No, I cried like a couple of tears, but inside out, like my shirt was wet from tears. Like that's, I could not handle how good inside out was. That was probably, it might be my favorite movie of that year was what, 2015? Yeah, it's probably my favorite movie above Mad Max, uh, above Ex Machina. I loved that movie. Um, and I just thought Coco was so-so. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? Um, no. Everyone Coco, hates you. so-so. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, okay. I know, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... It, it, like, the emotional impact was, for most of it, was just... Like, if I see it coming, it doesn't really hit me that hard. Um, and like you guys Wait both said... stand in front of a train. Like you guys both said, though, it like it follows that pattern, that formula. I think that formula is tried at this point. I'm, I'm, I hope Pixar does something fresher, uh, more original next time. I will say, I thought it was gorgeous. Uh, the first shot when Miguel's going into the City of the Dead, that is just a gorgeous. Um, but it just was, eh. Okay, I will say there are. I mean, this does fall. This film does follow a formula for sure. I will hear you there. Um, I don't know. I still, but the hum- the human aspect of this movie and that that I don't know the part that it if you do a formula well, even if it's a re- even if it's a tried and true formula, then I don't think you that should count it off as a bad movie. I mean. Th- because then I would I have mean, to say yeah, the same thing yes about and... it, right? Like it did a formula very well, and it it was a fantastic movie. Well, and so okay, and I, I I agree with that too. But again, like I the scares in it, uh, some of them were surprising to me. Like I didn't know exactly where they were going to come from. Um, Coco, I like honestly, I should have written jump down scares. Come on now, but it like not all of them were jump scares. But anyway, the thing. Like, I could have predicted, like, if someone, like, you know, half an hour into the movie, and then every five minutes forward would have been like, Ben, what do you think is going to happen next? I would have, like, guessed it completely correctly. Like, 100% accuracy. Uh, I call false. I I got it all right. Like, I I feel like I should have written it down somewhere. And only you're the one who can know whether that's true or not. Okay, real quick, (laughs) real quick, just because I I think we've, we've... Well, before well, my last little thing, I would, I do, I can totally see why people love this movie. I'm not going to say it's terrible. Don't go see it. I'm just saying I wasn't terribly impressed like you guys were. Cool. All right. Here's the Metacritic <laughs> order of all <laughs> Pixar films. Cars two, with a fifty-seven no, out of with a fifty-seven percent. Oh, lowest to highest. Lowest to highest, yeah. Cars okay. 2 is the best Cars, Cars movie. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> so again, Cars. Zach, Zach, don't share that opinion. It makes it, it makes this tougher. Cars, Cars, 2, is a, Cars, Cars 2 is a great spy movie. Cars 2, Cars 3, Monsters University, the, which I loved Monsters University. Uh, I like that. Good, I like it. The Good Dinosaur, Brave, Cars, A Bug's Life, which I think is surprisingly low. Finding Dory, Monsters Incorporated, Coco, Toy Story 2, Up, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Toy Story 3, Inside Out, Toy Story, Wally, Ratatouille. 
Hmm. Okay, now I know Zach's going to want to strangle me when I say this, but I, I didn't really care for Ratatouille that much either. Neither did I. I'm not fall. alone! <sighs> <laughs> I don't need rat poop in my kitchen. <laughs> he washed himself in the dishwashing machine. So then he should be dead. <laughs> End of movie. Um, I can't say I've seen Cars 2 or 3, but I will say I fell asleep to Cars 1. Uh, that's how exciting it was. Um, Wally, I also think is a little overrated. It's really good. I don't oh, think no. it's that high up. Are you fucking up. kidding me? I've actually, I haven't seen Wally actually. So what? Yeah, I don't think it's that great. I think it's really, really, See, really good. John, this is why you could never get on my case for not seeing a movie. Uh, okay. Uh, I think Incredible should be near the top, along with I think it's like the Toy Stories, like any order of the Toy Stories because they're all great. The Incredibles, and then at the top has got to be Inside Out. That's for me. Oh, and A Bug's Life would be below the Toy I, Stories. I have no idea why A Bug's Life isn't as high as the rest of them. Like, Yeah, it's. Re- I think it's because it came off the heels of like Toy Story. Right, yeah, but so those okay. were the rankings. Did you have? Did they have numbers next to them? Yeah, to, so Toy you basically Story... get to the point where they're all just variations of great movies. No, no, yeah. not no. There's a widespread with this. Toy Story is at Toy Story is in third or tied for second with ninety five percent. A Bug's Life has a seventy seven percent. So that's still really good. Like, <laughs> I don't like. I don't know. Like a seven. Eh. Wait, are you on? Are you on Rotten Tomatoes? You're looking at Rotten Tomatoes. No, this is a Metacritic. No, it's Metacritic. Oh, okay. So I was about to say, okay, so yeah, um, I agree with Inside Out being a 94. That movie's amazing. Um, anyways, I guess I, I, this is interesting, but I'm not sure if this is terribly important. Did someone to... just leave Skype? Zach probably oh, left. Zach's gone. Zach probably left to go drive to my house and kill me. I was going to say. Everyone keep recording. Well, I did say he was probably going to have issues 20 minutes from now, so I called it. <laughs> just just like I called Coco, except except we have it recorded where you called it. God damn it. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have proof. Okay, so I think we should get into spoilers now because we've exhausted our thoughts about not just this film, but our general yeah. thoughts about this film, but... Excuse me, okay. about Pixar in general. So, spoilers. So, spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 Spoilers! Okay, as much as I hate jumping to the end right away when we start the spoilers, <laughs> did you, you did guess that uh, the guy was going to be his dad? His great. Yep. Yep. Oh man. See, I didn't, because I was so, like, just zeroed in on how this was, I was like, Oh, it's going to be one of those don't meet your idols things. And then he met him and I was so happy that he didn't suck, but then he sucked hard. As soon, <laughs> as, soon as I saw it take, like, once he, like, I realized, wow, it's going to take him a lot of effort to get to his, his grandfather. Oh, his grandfather's going to be terrible. Oh, no, there's no way he would be his grandfather then. Shit, it's going to be the guy helping him. And then, boom. Well, but his grandfather wasn't terrible at first, so you didn't guess something every so five I, minutes. So I, one of those. He was of... terrible. He was a murderer. That was not the first five minutes of meeting him. No, but what I'm saying is, like, what I, I didn't guess exactly how, but I guessed he was going to be a bad person. 
Because it wasn't going to just be like, I worked so hard to get here. Oh, here's your way back. Well, yeah, but it was going to be, I yeah, worked so hard to get here. That's the most obvious thing, being a bad person. That's why when I was happy that he wasn't, but then five minutes later, he was. I mean, I think it's projected, but I did not, I was not on board with it. I was like, holy shit, this movie got dark when I found out, I thought his dad murdered somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I figured it out, like, right when you're supposed to be able to really figure it out. Like, like yeah. I figured it out a couple beats before he said it, but, um, yeah, I was surprised by that. I mean, I was wrapped up at the movie enough that... Yeah, I feel like I was just so emotionally wrecked at that point that I was not making projections. Part of so it when I... he said when he said food poisoning, I was like, I feel like it's got to be more than just oh my god, food who just carries around poisoned alcohol? Yeah, he was he was plotting <laughs> to do he that. He just turns for a around, while. pours a shot, and he's like, "Here you go." I mean, him. It's that yeah. was like pretty. I mean. He... That's probably the most fucked up thing to happen in a Pixar movie. No? Well, even even them uh, showing alcohol and drinking. Like, Syndrome I was killed like, a whole lot of people. Yeah, that was one of the things I was talking about. I was looking at trivia for this movie, and there are a surprising number of people, like the whole, we're a good guy, and then suddenly we're the bad guy, like turns in a bunch of movies from Pixar. <laughs> yeah. See? But well, yeah, I don't know if poisoning was... Like, well, like if uh, most of them are as dark as that. <laughs> so well, I, mean, I, I would, I would argue, like, well, I don't know that bear did try to furnace everyone. <laughs> I, I would still argue syndrome killing like hundreds of superheroes is a little bit worse. Oh yeah, that is bad. <laughs> hundreds of like good people. That's like Cersei bad. So not that bad for John. But... <laughs> Wait, what's the other reference we're making? By the way, Cersei twenty twenty. <laughs> Cersei twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah speaking of other movies did you guys see a lot of easter eggs because i was bad and missed them all. i saw oh, pizza I planet truck in the beginning it really how many movies has that uh, truck every all of them now? it's the only thing that's been in all of really? them really yeah and it's apparently in that's brave awesome. somewhere i can't remember how but <laughs> what yeah. how is there a truck i'm gonna amazing google. i think gonna it's the... it's just like on a yeah, cave painting i can't somewhere. remember how um I thought I saw a couple other ones. Shadow but... on the wall. There were some Pixar characters made into pinatas. Mm, yeah, that would be good. Okay, ones. so in in Brave, the woman who does the carvings on her a... on her desk is a carving of a Pizza Planet truck. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't notice the Easter eggs, but there were some references I got. Like you guys keep talking about Bugs Life when um, Dante got his wings and he flew up. He reminded me of the giant caterpillar. <laughs> Oh, I did. I, body I didn't even put that together. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, there was that one. And when the little girl looked at him at um, Miguel when he was wearing his red hood, it gave me like I just had like ET flashes <laughs> of when ET was in disguise <laughs> and got stared at. And so like the that, red hoodie just, did not help. Did that become a horror movie at that point for you? Yeah, it did. It's like ah, oh, man, I was all in for this, but suddenly, nope. <laughs> Lauren, are you caught up on Broad City by chance? No, okay. not yet. I'm like an episode or two behind, I think. There's a great, I think, there there's a great E.T. E. reference oh, no. coming. Oh, yeah, when he's in the pile yes. of stuffed animals. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, no. But it's like, those might have those been all the scenes I cried in. Just, no, E.T. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no family themes or like emotional no. hits. It's just like all no, ET triggering. <laughs> I was no. It's like not the stuff with the grandma forgetting anything. Mine has Alzheimer's. That didn't trigger me at all. <laughs> oh, that got me. That was 
the only time oh it definitely did i loved that part because one of the last things like they say that music is one of the things that uh people with memory issues oh my gosh yeah so like when that was happening i was full-on sobbing that was that was the only time where i let out a couple of tears i'm like god it's very true my grandma can sing songs but she does not remember us half the time and here's the thing like and to harp back to what ben was saying about uh, being able to call almost every single note in this film, you you're wishing once you find out that Hector is actually um, Miguel's great great grandfather or whoever, you you keep wanting for him to get the blessing, take the photo, show it to Coco, and then uh, he gets remembered. Which means it, you're almost like t- guaranteed that that photo is doomed from the start. And once you realize that, or once you see that scene where they lose the photo, you're thinking to yourself, well, how else is he going to try to get Coco to remember? And the only thing that's left is him singing the song. It's the only thing. That didn't take away any of the emotional depth to that scene, though. Yeah, I knew yeah, it was I coming the predictability immediately. Predictability didn't hurt because it's what I wanted. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's all about execution. I mean, like and the, yeah. the execution in that scene was fantastic. The ending was great. I just um, most of the movie aside from that, I was just like, yeah, that's all right. Um, and I also had a bit where when he left Dante in. Uh, the city of the dead or whatever. It's like, oh no, Dante! But like, they can go back and forth, and it's okay. I um, I got really concerned for the well being of that dog as soon as he became like a spirit animal. I did. Uh, what was the other thing? I, I shit, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Never did mind. you guys? Uh, did you guys? Oh, catch... Dante looked like a hyena from Lion King. That was another thing. He did. Yeah. One of the things I caught that kind of let me know that. Hector was going to end up being related to Miguel. Well, first off, talking to my friend Rashank, he was just like, shout out to Rashank. Um, he was like, well, they harped on Ernesto being his great grandfather so much, but all of the family were like, what? No, like, we've never thought, like, this isn't a thing. Like, well, I just figured that was more to do with them not being musically inclined. Oh, that was, that was my other thing. I, I really wanted to see more of the dead family, like the, but they didn't do anything with them. You in see the them begin- like, you see them in the beginning, and then they leave for a while, and then they're there at the end. Yeah, they but were. They don't. They don't do anything. They're just like oh. completely side characters, and I was really not I, okay with. I that. wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say so as much. I think I got as much out of them that I had, that I would have wanted. Um, but shoot, what do I? What was? And I nothing saying? would have changed had they been with him the whole time. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of they how... They would have just been antagonists, and it wouldn't have worked for for Miguel. What is it? Oh, did you guys notice that uh, the picture of Hector... Or not the picture, but Hector's dead self in the Land of the Dead uh, had that gold tooth, which was the same as the neck stock of the guitar. Oh, I didn't notice that. And so that was one of the things... That's when awesome. He, when he started talking about how like he actually did know Ernesto, I was just like, okay, this guy's not just some random vagabond who he befriends like he's going to be connected and his story is going to be a little bit more in depth they had the same what i misheard you so he had the gold tooth Mm. so ector had a gold tooth in the land of the dead i don't think he did in any of the flashbacks but he did in the land of the dead his skeletal form and then the next stock of their guitars was Mm. kind of like a skeleton and it had the same kind of gold tooth at the same place so 
to give credit to the animation the the first scene with miguel playing the guitar like was so awesome and shot and just like amazing like just all the finger places you know it just looked so good it was just good well, i think i think it also was a tribute to the like how many of us prior to this movie could say we knew anything or had listened to uh latin american music traditional music before and i think that was um, people anyone who's taken spanish okay class f- okay has... what <laughs> side note did you take it with Pasanisi? oh Pasamini. <laughs> shout out to okay, miss Pasanisi. seriously she always made me dance with her <laughs> like whenever we got paired up <laughs> um but what is it uh i think uh i think it was a tribute to that and i think it really took the time to show hey, look at not just the aesthetic quality of our animation, but look at the look at the art, look at the beauty in this in this form of music that you might not have known about before. And I think I really appreciated that. Yeah, and like one of the first reviews on IMDb, I can't say if everyone feels the way, but like it was written by someone who's like, as a Mexican, I appreciate how like perfectly this movie captured their traditions and stuff like that. And so that kind of speaks to what you're talking about with the music. And one of my friends, uh, her, she has of Mexican heritage. And she's like, the part where the grandma like took the shoe off and threw it at someone. She's like, my grandma totally does that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, there's, it's even called something because I saw it somewhere. And I was like, is this a thing? She's like, yes. I love the animation on the grandma when she would like storm towards the camera. Like they just gave it that little <laughs> effect that she looked terrifying but like it was hilarious at the same time yeah oh, way better when it or when better than when it would storm the camera <laughs> I'm still so upset about that um what was so one thing that I feel like we'd be remiss not to talk about has anyone seen the book of life and what are the comparisons there's and... there's like next to nothing like they're, they're not interested in the same thing. Skulls. Is that a I mean, other than the fact that they deal with the Day of the Dead, like, that's it. it, it, it. Which, have you guys looked up Day of the Dead at all? Because I was looking it up today just to see if I could see where the truth was in some of these things. And I was thinking about how we didn't really see a lot of kids in the movie. There was, like, that one girl that I can think of. And apparently, like... Uh, the day of the dead goes from October 31st to November 2nd. And on November 1st, it's like the uh, day of the infants or something where that's when they celebrate or remember dead children. Mm-hmm. And like November 2nd is when they do adults. I was like, it's a dark. yeah, it's probably for the best <laughs> that this movie doesn't have a lot of dead children in it. That's that's dark. Yeah. So they're okay. Gotcha. So now I forget. Does anyone know in terms of the production history, like how much Disney felt like they needed to change once apparently this movie i mean most pixar movies do but they this movie did go through a few it's been in the works yes they they did do a big shift apparently around book of life when that came out but it was never revealed why or what it might have been just a regular like they decided to break the story in a different way they might have had to dissimilar it from one from the other but um, I, I, I think Lee Ungrick has been very open that Book of Life did not have that big of an effect on what this movie ended up being. Gotcha. 
it just they happen to both be about music and the day of the dead basically and now my dog has started to chew on a bone how fitting <laughs> reagan drop it um what else what else i wish they would have given the big cat thing a little bit more to do um the spirit demon for the grandma the great grandma oh, it was such a badass. Yeah, the giant, thing. the giant, like lion with yeah. eagle wings. Yeah. Except that the only thing that made me kind of sad again because it's like, wait, where are all the dead animals? <laughs> well, and it's also like, does no one else have a spirit guy? Well, that was interesting. Was like, yeah, that uh, yeah, that was one it weird. Carlo had one. Yeah. <laughs> well, there there were a couple like really small ones. There was like a monkey. There was uh, the main bad guy had a few chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I would also say I laughed super hard when the dog and that thing went back, and it was just a regular cat. Yeah. I was like, oh man, it's gonna be this big. Oh no, it's just a okay. It's like, oh, here comes like a lion or something. It's and it's like, like Meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it sounds like we'd all recommend Coco, even if Ben wasn't as high on it as. Yeah. No, I'd say it's three. it's worth seeing if you are a fan of the Pixar stuff. Go see it. But, like, miss your seating time by, like, about 35 minutes. That way you miss... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that... again, I really, I thought really it was fine. I just don't want a 20... I enjoyed the Frozen thing more than the previews that were before this Oh, movie. my God. Yeah, it's, that it's was dark, a It's dark a... out there, man, for animated movies. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's seriously, like, Pisney... Pisney? Uh, <laughs> Di- Disney. See, he does hate Disney. <laughs> it's just Pixar. Dis- it's Wait, just Disney... What? And Pixar, like, is anybody else making decent movies out there in the animated uh, is field? Is DreamWorks still making anything? I, I don't know. What was don't the last good DreamWorks movie? Yeah, isn't like Shrek sixty one coming out soon? <laughs> is there new a Kung Fu Panda? I mean, I mean Shrek sixty nine. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Or How to Train Your Dragons. <laughs> the oh yeah, I, I actually loved How to Train Your Dragon. I think that was DreamWorks. Is, I really loved the first one. I don't remember how I felt about the, the second, second one. Was second one bad. I Really? I liked it almost just as much. But, like, outside Aardman, when they, like, that early man trailer is horrible. Like, it's, like, all over the place. But I guarantee you that final product will be really good because Aardman is Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for that. I gotta say, like, the. There's a line in the trailer where it's just, like, sliced bread. That's. That's the best thing. Yeah. Ever like that. But I feel I, like I couldn't stop giggling when I heard in that. In addition to that, like every other joke in the previews were fart jokes. A lot of them, yeah. What were Okay, so I had that Ferdinand looks terrible. Sherlock Ferdinand had fart Sherlock jokes. Gnome Sherlock Gnome looked Holmes terrible. Yeah, oh, Sherlock I'm surprised. How many Gnome movies are there? How are these awful. still getting made? No, I think that's a sequel third? to the Ro- the, the Romeo and Gnomeo and Juliet sequel. Gnomeo, yeah. yeah. Wait, is Gnomeo and Juliet a movie? Yes. Yeah, it's Emily Blunt and James McAvoy. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. Wow. I don't there even remember that. the other ones I saw. Like that. That got a sequel. That that is a sequel. Sign oh me up God. for Isle of Dogs and Ardman's movie next Despicable year. Despicable Me Four. Yeah. No. How to Train Your Dragon threes in March of 2019, and everything else is after that. Um. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, we've got, we've, uh, uh, I think Miyazaki's working on a new movie, too. Like, it's like, he's coming back out of retirement for, like, one thing, I was gonna I say, didn't he retire? He, he unretired for this one movie. 
Well then. Hey, did anyone like Rise of the Guardians? I actually surprisingly liked that film. Maybe yeah. I did not see it. Yeah. I never saw it. Yeah. Maybe because I really like Chris Pine for whatever reason. But because he's, he's so Chris dreamy. Pine, do you he's pine awesome. for the pine. I do pine for the pine. Ugh. So maybe that's why you don't like Wonder Woman as much. Or you do like Wonder Woman as much. Wonder as Wonder Woman well, was meh. No, he he didn't like Wonder Woman. He liked. No, that's what I'm saying. He liked Did Wonder you Woman's like it boyfriend because of Chris Pine. Like that was the only thing you enjoyed. The Chris Pine, I feel like, was actually more meh in that movie. Well, he was good in that right. movie. I like that. I, I thought. I'm I thought he wasn't to, too compelling. I'm looking forward to him and um. Uh, Wrinkle in Time. Ooh, I do yeah. want to see Wrinkle in Time. Actually, oh, that I was do the want other see, Yeah, I do want to well, see Well, the thing is, like, time, I've, I've worked on that book with my students, like, the past two years, and I'm like, this looks this looks nothing like the book. But, I mean, I'll go I see it. I was wondering about that, because I was like, I don't remember any of this, but also I read the book so long ago, so. I mean, I, I, am do, like, love, I do love casting Zach Galifianakis as the happy medium. That sounds I awesome. think I think her name's Hope, Hope Larson. Is that who was married to Brian Lee O'Malley? Do you know this, Lauren? I think so. She did a. It sounds familiar. She did a. Um, they're not married anymore, but um, mm. she did an, an adaptation of Wrinkle in Time that's really good. Um, that's. I should look yeah. into that then. Uh, yeah. This one was married to Brian Lee O'Malley. The, what? The, no, she did an adaptation. Not Brie Larson. Not Brie Larson. Hope Larson, I think, is. Her no, name. that's what I mean. No, yeah. yeah crazy um what is it i'm i'm also really skeptical though like disney i guess it wasn't all disney i guess it was walden walden did okay with the first couple narnia movies and then they really screwed the pooch and so the I'm second very skeptical. one was the only one that was good out of those i was gonna say aren't there only, how many are, I mean, there? Three. are there two or three, three. Oh, okay. there's three because there's the, the prince one. caspian one's good I really, I, I thought, I thought Lion and Witch and Wardrobe was good too. The Warriors of the Dawn Treader was bastardized and I hated it. Actually, I don't think I've even seen it all the way through. Anyways, um, so yeah, I am, I am skeptical whenever big name, uh, studios do adaptations of moderately theological fantasy based films. Don't sell short Ava DuVernay. That's all I got to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Pixar. Coco. They did it again. Or Viva if you're in Brazil. <laughs> um, next couple weeks for this podcast, we don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> but tune in wait, to find wait out. Wait to own it. <laughs> what? We have... Uh... Star Wars. Coming Star Wars. Well, that's the next solid, th- but that's three weeks away. So, um, the we next just, the next episode about... in the feed after this one might just be Ben and I talking disaster artist because I don't know if when John's going to be able to even see that movie, and Lauren is boycotting it. Um, I'm not boycotting it. I'm just not interested in seeing it. I don't have like a huge stance against it against it i feel like this is contrary to what you've said in previous skype calls so so someone someone check the records someone check the minutes no i'm just saying you made it sound like i have some like political uprising against it or something oh i don't i i I just i think it was more she she wanted to veto it as opposed to boycott it yeah like she didn't want to do an episode on it which is understandable it's it's a movie based on the worst movie ever made 
I, no, it's I a movie based on the memoir. Well, of I know the it's based on. The, the... I know, but it's 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 kind of like it's all surrounding the worst movie ever made. Oh man! See, even just how difficult it was just to describe. To be, it to be clear, angry. though, that's that's not Mother. It's a different movie they're talking about. I just want to say. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so i could see a a a couple maybe smaller episodes of just maybe some short reviews we might switch up the format um we might we could see i tanya i'm moderately interested in seeing i want to see that but again i don't know what the release pattern is for that movie either Um, oh damn guys i just got invited to the sf film awards nights uh, if I pay a thousand dollars, I can get individual seating, or I can get a table for ten thousand. We will not sponsor you. <laughs> <laughs> so support um, us on Patreon. Go to our GoFundMe yeah. page. So <laughs> you can starting the fuck out of this. Now you can follow us on GoFundMe as well. <laughs> we will definitely have something on the disaster artists. Um, who will be on that? I'm not sure. At least Ben and I, we're both seeing it, and we're going. We'll maybe try to hold off for John. Wait, Zach, but... you said you're both seeing it. Oh, hi, Zach. Yeah, I've I've already seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's Wait, right. How many of you guys have seen that movie? I have not yeah. seen the room. I have I have seen Disaster Artist. Tear me apart, Zach. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's, so you it's, have. I did it? not hit it. Oh, ben has not. Seen it. I, I did not wait, see it. Yet. So <laughs> wait, all you guys keep quoting a movie you haven't seen? I've no, seen no, it. I've seen I've seen the room. I've seen oh, the I room. thought you just said you hadn't seen it. Oh, hi. I haven't seen the disaster artist. Is oh that... no, I'm talking about the the movie it's based it's on. It's bullshit. I have the seen room. it. Seen, I no, have. Oh, hi guys. See hi, doggy. all these jokes that sound so <laughs> Hi doggy. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story, Mark. <laughs> Cheep, 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 cheep. So now not only do I not want to see the yeah, movie, this but is, I want to light everyone this, in this conversation on fire. This is making me not want to review the movie with the with those two. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to now just it's bow just out because I don't want to be 30 minutes of me talk. and Ben quoting the fuck out of the room. Oh, hi, John. Oh, hi, Ben. Just... Oh, hi, Zach. <laughs> I'm cutting uh-huh. all this out. Um, oh, don't be that way. So, something from the disaster artist, maybe something Shape of Water as well before yeah. Star Wars, which is um, I we will I'll be able to turn that around real quickly since I won't have any classes after that. That comes out the the day school ends for the winter break for me. So, um, yep. we'll, well, that review will be up hopefully. As soon as Lauren sees the movie, um, but um, yeah, it's going to be. Are you seeing it before? Well, that could be good. Lauren got to see it early last time, so she, she might be able to. We might be able to review that earlier than normal. That's um, awesome. John, get some it Thursday night tickets. To the disaster artist, you mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to to Star Wars. I feel like they're probably sold out. No, there's they still have to, they'll keep selling tickets until they fill out those theaters, man. They'll just put it on twenty screens at Ronnie's if he wants to go see it there. Um, so expect content. What it will be, we're not sure. Um, until then, I'm uh, Zach Oldenburg, 
You can find our writings of things at middleofrow.com, as well as links to the podcast. There's posts for that. You can subscribe there. All that fun stuff. And you can f- and you can also tell us about how angry you are with the jankiness of the audio for this podcast episode. You think it's going to be janky? Well, John's not going to be in part of the conversations he had for a while. Uh, Sex, you're, you're going to be gone, be for, gone a for a while. So. Yeah, we'll figure and it out. And who knows, I might end up deleting my I mean, track It again. might just sound exactly like last week's episode. That was two weeks ago. Um, yeah, that was two weeks oh, ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Oldenburg and Letterboxd, Zach Oldenburg, and Instagram, Zach Oldenburg, wherever you want to find me. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can... Uh, Find me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, uh, and you can follow us all on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can find me on Twitter at another Rahul J, and you can also follow us on Twitter, where we post, where you, you'll get updates for whenever we post reviews and whenever we post podcast episodes, and that's at Middle of Row on Twitter. Dot com. And I'm, oh my God. <laughs> And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter.com. .com. Yep. (laughs) That's how you talk now in my mind. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofroad.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll uh, see you when we see you. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. Is that racist? Should we cut that out? Oh, Oh, bye.